Let us pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for a wonderful day to be in your presence. Lord in heaven, we thank you for your love and your faithfulness unto us. We thank you for the gift of life. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word, to sing your songs, and to be in fellowship with you. We ask, Lord, that you speak to our hearts this morning. You speak to us as your church. You speak to us as individuals. You speak to your young people, Lord. That, Lord, we will go out today filled with your power and your grace to spread your word, to preach your word. In Jesus' name we have prayed. How lovely on the mountain are the feet of them that bring good news, good news, announcing peace, proclaiming news of happiness, our God reigns, 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 our God I want to bless God for the opportunity to stand before us this morning to share his word. I want to thank the Archdeacon, our Venerable Professor Sam Ike, and the entire clergy for the privilege, the opportunity given me to share this word with us. Our theme for this year is, O Lord, revive thy work. O Lord, revive thy people in the midst of the years. The Lord has been using this theme to speak to our hearts and work in us individually and as a church. We have, you know, had different and life transforming topics coming from this theme. And God has revived us. And we keep reviving us because we cannot have God enough. We will keep longing for Him. We will keep seeking Him. So our topic today is Vanguard of Divine Visitation. And we'll be looking at some key words there. One, Vanguard. The other one, Divine. And then we'll be looking at what Visitation means. 
And so I looked through some things and discovered that vanguard means a group of people who are leaders of an action or movement in a society. When you have people who there's a movement, there's a revolution, and you're looking at people who should be driving this revolution, driving this cause, people that have a purpose and their you know focus is to have this purpose achieved and they are moving it forward. They are the people that are called vanguard. In the army, you have people that stay at the forefront of a fight. They are the vanguards. They are the vanguards. People who push this course. And so you can't be a vanguard without being having a course. There must be a purpose that you are driving at to achieve. And so I looked also and so they are the people who are in front of a fighting force that is moving forward. Not the one that is, you know, retracting or going back. But these people are at the forefront, moving forward, striving, moving to achieve that cause that they have set out to achieve. There can also be the head of a troop, the head of an army, as I had said before. And we talk about divine. What is divine? We all know that it's something that relates to God, something that is coming from God. And we talk about visitation. When I looked around, and when we talk about God's visitation, divine visitation, I looked through to see what people think about God's visitation. I discovered that what they see as God's visitation are miracles, healing, deliverance, money, houses. And sometimes when they are praying, even the death of their enemies, they see it as God visiting the other person. Much as all these are not out of place, they are the things that follow divine visitation of the Lord. And so who are these vanguards of divine visitation? They are the people of God. They are people chosen by God, given a cause, given a purpose, they are driving at this purpose to achieve the purpose of God in order to bring about God's special dispensation or God's special favor on his people. Because when we look at that visitation, it could also be God visiting in his wrath. We have seen God visiting people in his wrath when we read through the scriptures we see that God had once sometime visited his people with his wrath. But that's not what we are talking about this morning. And so I want us to go to our text for today. Acts chapter 8 from verse 4 through to verse 8. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. 
Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said, for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. The question is, what did they do? The Bible said they preached the good news. There was a call for salvation. And that is the divine visitation we are talking about here. Those who were scattered went about preaching the word of God. And Philip went down to Samaria and preached who? Christ. That's the divine visitation of the Lord. When Jesus was born, the angel appeared to the shepherds and said to them that they brought what? Goodwill and said peace on earth to men of what? Goodwill. That peace, that goodwill came as a result of the birth of Christ. And so whatever that happened where in our text about the healings and the deliverance that came came as a result of the word that was proclaimed by the people that scattered. It came as a result of the word Christ that Philip preached in Acts of the Apostles chapter 8 verse 5. So in John chapter 1 verse 1 there was a visitation. The Bible said, In the beginning was the Word. And that Word was with God. And that Word was God. That's the divine visitation. Jesus coming into the world of sin to bring peace, deliverance to the hearts of men. To bring the Word of salvation to the hearts of men. That is the divine visitation of the Lord. So when we proclaim Christ, when we proclaim the word of salvation, when we proclaim the word of deliverance, we are bringing God's visitation upon men. And that's why in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek you what? First, the kingdom of God and what all other things shall be added unto you. What shall be added unto us? Miracles. What shall be added unto us? Deliverance. What shall be added unto us? Healing. What shall be added unto us? Money. House. All those things that we follow after today, that we see as divine visitation. The Bible said, when you seek God first and you seek his what? Righteousness. These things will be what? An accompanying things that will come as we proclaim this word. 
So, an office will always come with its packages. If you become a vice chancellor of a university, it comes with packages. If you come with, uh, become a governor, it comes with what? Packages. You can't stay down and say, ah, let them give me the package that goes with the office of a governor without being a governor. It doesn't happen. So, when you are called and you are proclaiming this word of salvation and you are proclaiming Christ to the people and living that life to please him, there's a package that goes with it. So, when we talk about divine visitation of God, we are not just talking about those things that follow. We are talking about going out to bless the people with the word of salvation. We are talking about going out to bless the people with Christ himself living in their hearts. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 23, I want us to read that. Matthew 4 23. The Bible said, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So even Jesus himself, the first thing he did was to teach in the synagogue. And what was he teaching? The good news of salvation. It was after that that the healing and the miracles came. So he healed all kinds of diseases because the people accepted the word. And that was exactly what happened in that our text in Acts chapter 8 verse 4, 5 and then verse 6. The Bible said that after those who scattered went about spreading this good news and when Philip had gone down to Samaria and preached and proclaimed the Messiah there, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. And then from there, the evil spirit started doing what? Coming out. So for us to bring the visitation of the Lord, we have to run along with the word of God. We can't expect deliverance, miracles, healing, money, houses, and all what, without actually bringing the office that comes along with that packages. And that is Christ. So, to be among these vanguards, these people that are leading, these people that will lead, because it's a continuous thing, how do you become part of it? You have to be recruited. You have to be what? Recruited. You don't wake up in the morning and you say, I'm part of Nigerian army. And then you come out on the way and you're wearing their uniform. You know that sometimes even when you wear their uniform, you will be in trouble. Troughs. Though those, their, their camouflage sneaker and trousers, and even their shirt that is sold at shops 
in America, you buy it here, you wear it, or even in Okereka, you are in trouble unless you are what? Recruited. So, there's a deliberate effort, decision that you have to make to be part of these people we're talking about. You don't just wake up in the morning and you say, I am part of this army. I'm part of this vanguard. I'm part of these people that will lead in this revolution. I'm part of these people that have a purpose, that have a cause. I will be part of them to lead. When you were not recruited through the right process by the people who should recruit you. And so in Matthew chapter 4, Verse 19. Jesus started to recruit the people that will be part of his ministry. Part of his army. That's where it started. And what were they to do? They were to preach the good news of repentance. As he, was, as he preached in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. Where he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he called out to Simon and he called out to Peter and to Andrew and he said to them come and I will follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. That's how it started. Jesus called out to them and said come and I will make you fishers of men. So this call to enroll came from Jesus. And today he's still calling us. He has called us to be part of his army. And he has sent us out. As we can see in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Matthew 28 verse 19 and 20. Go therefore and okay. make disciples of all the nations, mm -hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Lord and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Praise the Lord. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. That's what the Lord is saying to us. To go out and preach the word of the kingdom. To go out and preach Christ to the dying world. To go out and lead. We are not just being called to follow, follow. You know in the army, when the fighting is so intense, is so strong, there are people who are at the forefront. God forbid that I will be the people who are at the rear. No, that's not what God is saying today. God is saying that he, is, he wants people that will be in the front to carry forth this war, to carry forth this purpose, to carry forth this mission, to carry forth this revolution that he has called us to do. And so he called them. Simon and Andrew, he said, follow me. What are you going to do? You will make men to come to know me. You will preach the word of salvation. 
to men so that they will come to know me. And today the Lord is still calling. Not just to recruit us, to come in and sit down. Not just to recruit us so that we will be part of the army. Obolundi was No, that's not what God is calling us. He is calling us to take a lead. To drive the force. That's what he's calling us to do. And so he called us to preach the good news of salvation from our Jerusalem. Where is our Jerusalem? Our home. To our friends. To our colleagues in the office. People who are around us. And so, if you have a good perfume, of what good is the fragrance when it cannot spread to the people around you? If you have something of value, if you have something that you feel is worth it, why would you keep it to yourself and not share it with the people around you? There's a song that I love so much and we sing it in our home. And every time we sing this song, it's a promise we are making to the Lord. And that song goes thus. Jesus wants me for a song beam to shine for him each day in every way try to please him at home at school at play a song beam a song beam Jesus wants me for a song beam a song beam a song beam I'll be a song beam for him praise the Lord so anytime I sing that song when I get to the last part, I know I'm making a promise when I'm saying I will be a sunbeam for Jesus. So, who are those who qualify to be these witnesses? Because he said we should go out and make disciples of what? All nations. We should go and witness to him. We should go and be at the vanguard at the forefront of that fight and we had said you don't wake up in the morning and discover you are there it's a deliberate and calculated effort and decision you will have to make in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 the Bible said they are those who have confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Those who have believed in their hearts that God raised him from the dead. They are the people who qualify to be in this vanguard. The Message Bible said they are the grand procession of people telling all the good things about God. Very simple. Grand procession of people. What are you doing? You are telling everybody 
about the good things about God. What are the good things that the Lord has done for you? What are those things that God has done for you? Tell to your neighbor. When we were younger and in Sunday school, we sing, Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Jesus died. Jesus is alive. And Jesus will live in our hearts if we make this deliberate effort to open up and then to ask him to come in. He will come in and we go about telling people all the good things about God. And so we go back to our text. In Acts, in Acts of the Apostles, we start from chapter 1 verse 8. There was specific instruction for those that he had called. And he said to them, in that place, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That was the charge. That was the instruction. You will be my witnesses so, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the utmost part of the earth. But first, you have to wait to receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4, they actually received the Holy Spirit of God. And that Holy Spirit was to empower them to go out and tell all the good things about God and tell about this divine visitation and tell about this divine salvation and tell about this divine restoration. So they received the Holy Spirit. Then Peter rose and addressed the crowd. The zeal was on. The fire was on. And they were moving. But by the time they got to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, they had gone into routine. And there the Bible said, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the wonderful and many at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They went into routine. Not as if what they were doing was wrong. 
because God was still adding to their number. But what were they doing? They were enjoying the fellowship. They were enjoying the conviviality of the brethren. The breaking of bread. The prayers. And the fellowship. And I was asking myself, am I not, have I not even gone back into that kind of routine? You know, last Sunday, we were asked to remember our first love. And there the preacher said, that we also go back into routine. And he said, it's like being too familiar with God and doing things, you know, the way we are not supposed to do it. These people were not sinners. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there was a charge. There was a purpose they were to carry out. They were not to remain in Jerusalem. They were to move down to Judea. They were to go to Samaria. They were now to go to the utmost part of the earth. What have you received from the Lord? And what definite instruction has the Lord given you and then given to me that we should carry out? There's no other purpose. There's no other message other than the message of salvation. That we should go and preach Christ unto the people around us. And then we go out for evangelism. We go out spreading this good news. That's why the Lord has called us. But today you find out that people are misdirected. Why do we come together? To receive of the Lord. We've made prayers. We have so many prayer points. We are praying for divine visitation of the Lord. This promotion I'm looking for. Me, I'm waiting for them to give me my own letter of promotion. So, I'll come to the church. Is that thing. I'll be raising up to the Lord. I have illness. Or I have people who are sick. I, I need family deliverance. Why do I need this family deliverance? So that money will start flowing into the house. That is the def uh, visitation we are talking about. And so, these people were together, having fellowship. Even though the Lord was adding to their number, that was not what they were asked to do. They were asked to go out and to preach the good news. The same thing happened in John chapter 21, verse 3. After Jesus died, and then he rose from the dead. Remember the first person he called was who? Simon Peter. And they were there with him. They were at the vanguard, no preaching. Remember when they came to arrest Jesus. Who was the one who drew the knife and cut somebody's ear? The zeal was there. The burning was there. You know? And he said to Jesus, look, if any other person will deny you, me for one, I will not deny you. He was ready. Battle ready. But over time, Jesus died. He rose up. And some days he will appear. Other days he will not appear. And let me just think about Is this what I will continue to do? They forgot that they were called to be made what? Fishers of men. 
And so he waited. When boredom set in, distraction set in, he said to himself, Look, oh, you people can say here, but me, I want to go back to my fishing. What has the Lord called you out from that you want to go back to? What are those distractions that you have that is making you not to be at the forefront? We're talking about people who have been recruited. We're talking to people who were given a course to pursue and they are being distracted. And so Jesus had to come back. In verse 15 of that John chapter 21. And asked him. And said Simon Peter. Do you love me more than this? What was he talking about? He was talking about all those things that were before him. That was causing what? Distractions. He was talking about all those things that intermittently his heart will steal away and go to. Jesus was talking about those things. And I was asking myself, what are those things that intermittently my heart will slip away and go and do? What are those routines that I go round and round? Am I faithful? Am I effective in spreading this word? There's a question for us to ask ourselves. To ask ourselves, what practical way or ways can I adopt or can we adopt in order to achieve this purpose for which God has recruited us as part of his vanguard? So, moving on down to Acts chapter 4, 33 and 35. They were still having fellowship, warmth, together in that Jerusalem. They never went out. They were in their comfort zones. And I don't even blame them. Jesus was just killed. And he was no more there with them. There should be fear in them for them to go back and recline and be in a place and not come out just going around having fellowship but is that enough? no they needed to be shaken they needed to be awoken they needed to be aroused from their slumber they needed to for something to happen to call their minds to that purpose to that cause that God has called them to that work that the Lord has given unto them to do and so resting in our comfort zones when it's time for what evangelism what do we do we look for Maybe nice excuse, very cogent excuse that anybody will hear and say, Ah, this excuse is good for us not to go. When it's time for outreaches, what do we do? Me, inclusive. I look for a nice excuse that I will go. But I want to thank the Lord for this word because 
is using this word to revive my heart. To shake me from my sleep. To wake me up from my sleep. To shake me up from my slumber. And my prayer is that the Lord will also do that to us in the name of Jesus Christ. So in Acts chapter 8 verse 1, they needed to be shaken. They needed to be woken up. And so the Bible said there in Acts chapter 8 verse 1, and Saul approved of their, of their killing him. That's the stoning of Stephen. Remember they were all in Jerusalem. And Stephen with his seal jumped out and said, Look, I must be at the forefront of this revolution. And what happened? The enemy knew that if they allow these people, they are getting and Paul now, bam, caught him, killed him. And there was great persecution that broke out in Jerusalem in that Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And that persecution was there to wake them up. And that was why they did not go back to self-pity or go back to crying about what has happened. And I was just thinking, if it were today, that that kind of persecution broke out. We were praying. The Lord has told us to go out and preach His word. And just one preaching like that, bam, they took one of us, bam, stoned him. And he was dead. What would have happened? Assuming my children were to lead in the procession next time, what would I tell them? That they should... If this thing they are doing, you know, they should be careful about it. Too. They should mind how they do it. But then, the Bible said in Acts chapter 8, that they scattered with the word. They didn't scatter to go and sit down. They didn't scatter to go and sleep. They understood the message of God by bringing about the persecution. It wasn't because they didn't pray. No. It wasn't because they, God cannot deliver them or deliver Stephen. No. There was a purpose for that persecution. And that purpose was for them to wake up and continue with what the Lord had asked them to do in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 to go with this message of good news with this message of salvation all around them Jerusalem which they have done now they needed to move to Judea they needed to move to Samaria they needed to bring the gospel to us here in Nigeria and there broke out a persecution in that place and those that were scattered didn't scatter to go and lock themselves up. Those that were scattered didn't scatter to start telling others, Those that were scattered didn't scatter to be drowned by their fear. No, what happened? They scattered 
with the word of the Lord. They scattered with the good news of salvation. They scattered with the divine visitation of the Lord. Speaking out. And that was why in the next chapter, in the next verse of that uh, Acts 8, verse 5, the Bible said, Philip preached Christ. He preached the Messiah. There's no long story about it. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached and said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is what? At hand. There was no long story of, you know, people today, even when they bring out their handbill, at the back of the handbill, you see testimonies of people who didn't have uh, fruit of the womb. At the end of the day, they had fruit of the womb. People who were sick, at the end of the day, they were healed. Uh, one miracle or another, people were, who were praying for a house and how God sent somebody to build them a house. Those kind of stories. That wasn't what they were asked to go and do. They were asked just to go out and spread this good news. And that was exactly what they did. That was what Philip did. And when Philip did that, what happened? The Bible said, When the crowds, that's in verse 6, heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, because these signs will follow them that believe. Hallelujah! When we believe, signs are doing what? Following us. We are not the ones chasing what? After signs. It's not about science that we came for. If it's because of science, then we'll go to uh, where they do this science. In quantum. Okay? When you go to the kingdom of darkness, they elevate them at Dell and put them at heights and give them. The devil said to Jesus, this whole world and its glory, they do what? They belong to me. So if all these things we're seeking after, we're longing for, we are running after where to be what Jesus will be giving. Then the devil has it. And then what will happen? I will follow him and get it. But that's not it. We are given a definite call. A definite cause. A definite message. And that is the message that Jesus died and that he is alive. And that as many as will receive him we confess with their mouths this Jesus that he is Lord and believe in their hearts as Romans chapter 10 told us that God raised him from the dead they are the ones that he has called to be his vanguard and so this pandemic COVID is here with us when this word you know the topic was given. You wouldn't know that will be dispersed and that will be scattered by COVID. Today I walked into the church and I was so happy. You know, there are things you think is routine, normal thing, you know, you come into the church anytime you want. For almost a month now, I've not been here. So when I came in, I was like, it's a, it's a mighty thing that just happened today. When the man at the gate was talking to us, my heart was like, let them not chase my children back home. Let them not ask us to go back. In fact, when we were coming, my husband said, let's be ready. We don't know how far we are going to go. In February, if we were told that by now, 
people will not be here. You know? If we were told that by now, that there's something that will make us not to come back and gather together as one on a Sunday, <laughs> I will not believe it. The thing came so soon, so sudden, before we knew it, they have asked us not to come together, not to worship together as one. Me and my children, and my husband and I, we have our own church in our house. But it's not the same. It's not the same. And so, the Lord is using this pandemic to scatter us. And what is he asking us to go? To go home with the word of salvation. With the message of divine visitation. To people around us. We have people. Okay, today we saw the Roman Catholics in Semulumba. They went for morning mass, coming out. But you have people around you that haven't even seen the church for the past one month. What are we doing with the word that the Lord has given to us in this pandemic? What are we doing with our social media? What are we doing with the opportunity the Lord has created for us to spread this word? May we wake up and come out of our comfort zone. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Just as then, this COVID will be likened to the persecution that broke out at that time in Jerusalem. We are so much at ease in Zion. We rested so much, enjoying the fellowship, enjoying the warmth. And the Lord is saying, move out and spread this word. We want to thank God for our young people. Today is Young People's Sunday. And they would have filled here and given us nice rendition. I hope my children are ready to sing with the Young People's Choir. So, asking the Lord to bless our young people wherever they are, those here and those hearing me over uh, the medium. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, we all know that place. The Bible said, You youths, remember the Lord in the days of what? Your youth. When we talk about vanguards of divine visitation, those who will run along with this message of salvation, who are those that will be there? If not the young people. said, so remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And then in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, the Bible said that you who are young, be happy while you are young and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But, but, know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Praise the Lord. When you want to talk to the youths, in fact, my children will always say, if something is happening and you're talking, they say, Mommy, you don't understand. What don't I understand? And they feel that 
the challenges they have these days is greater than the war we had in our own time. My husband was talking to them the other day and said that we all repented at their age. Oh, I said yes. It was in my secondary school. I repented. So at their age, I've become a child of God. And then the things of God were so burning in our hearts. But this is, what's happening? If they say, Joss, my first time going to Joss was for conference. Going to Makodi, conference. Amba, conference. All those places, missions. You know? But today, you tell children to go. And according to that ecclesiastics, they are following their hearts. You don't understand. My dear, the challenges you have today, we are so hard. The ones you have today is commensurate to the ones we had at our own time. Today you even have parents that are Christians that will encourage you, that will finance you, give you money to go out and do those things. We didn't have. We didn't have. You source money, you're saving money, you want to go to conference, you are there saving money so that you have enough to go. You have enough to go for missions, you have enough to do this, you have enough to do that other one. But today you, you are blessed to have parents. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And there was persecution at that time too, to add to it. Praise the Lord. Young person, young people. What are you doing with all the time that the Lord has given into your hands? It's not enough to put a earphone, earpiece, and connect it. What you people listen to is what I don't know. You know, every time it's there. Please don't develop ear problems. The doctors in the house, I will tell us that. But you have a lot of time. You have the stamina. You have the zeal. You have the unction. What it takes to run out, to be at the forefront. Instead, you are at the wreck. You have people who will challenge you. The four Hebrew children in the scriptures. Shadrach, Meshach, Abadnego, Daniel. These people, they faced persecution too. They were drawn in battle to Babylon. When Jehoiakim was king by Nebuchadnezzar, they got there. They did not wallow in self-pity. They got there. They could not hide themselves. They had something they could not bottle up. They had to show the world that they had God in them. And they affected the nation that had gods they were worshipping before they came there. They affected those nations. And they made them to recognize that there is God in heaven that rules over the affairs of men. Young person, young people, my children, what are you doing? What are you doing with the excess energy that you have at this time? Somebody like Joseph was also sold as a slave. Should I continue? The servant girl in Naaman's house had the boldness, the audacity, the temerity to tell the madam and the ogre, look, go back to Israel. There's a prophet of God 
in that place. What we are to preach is not Dogon Trenchy. You don't need to, you know, put the sermon as I'm putting it here. All you just need to do is speak that word, simple word, like Jesus. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Whenever I read about that Ecclesiastics, I always remember my father. And I tell this story everywhere. My father is still alive. When my father was in his prime, we met him. Four o'clock, he was up, you know, and doing. He would do this, he would do the other one, he was full of energy. And after celebrating his 80th birthday, he said to us, I will live up to 120. I'm still strong. But when I look at him today, if you don't bath him, he will not bath. And in that John chapter 21, I think verse 18 or 16, the Bible said, when you are old, you will lift up your hands and somebody will wear you your clothes and take you to where you don't want to go. Will you wait till that time? to lead in this battle. So, God is calling us to go about to spread His divine visitation, His divine dispensation, His divine salvation to the world, to fight the battle against the world and sin. And the call is twofold to the believer. Are you sleeping? Are you in your comfort zone? Come out. What is happening today is waking us up. And for those that have not received Christ in their hearts as their own personal Lord and Savior, these people we are talking about, you don't belong to them. And if you don't belong, what awaits you? Eternal damnation. Eternity without God. That's what awaits him. And so the call is out, even to you today. If you have not made that contact, if you have not enrolled, if you have not been recruited, for you today to confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and then you will be part of this vanguard that will go about and spread all the good things about God let us pray how lovely on the mountain at the feet of them that bring good news good news announcing peace proclaiming news of happiness our God reigns our God reigns our God reigns
Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and let me in, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. So this morning, let's get recruited. Jesus wants to bring you in and you are hearing his voice. With every sincerity, join me in this prayer. God hears you and will recruit you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I know I am a sinner. I have been ruled by my passions. I have heard Jesus died in my place. I believe it. God forgive my sins. I welcome Jesus into my heart now as my Lord, as my Savior. Let the blood he shed on my behalf bring cleansing to my heart. Make me your servant. Make me someone in your army. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for receiving me. Now let me pray for you. Father, thank you because you see those people there right where they are. Thank you that you see that individual right where he is. I ask, O oh God, that you will cause that assurance that comes by your Spirit, bearing witness with their spirits that now they are the children of God, to descend in the place they are now and fill their hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus. And let that boldness which you granted the woman at the well to go to the men of the town and begin to say, Come, see, that you granted to Philip and to Andrew to say, Come and see, that it will follow them and daily they will be a witness of Jesus. Let the strength to overcome temptation manifest and the appetite, the keen appetite which continues to grow and grow for your word and the joining together with believers manifests. Every working of the enemy in their lives, every hold of iniquity and sin be broken now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Your word has said, that which is committed into my hands, none can snatch out. Father, Lord, we commit them into your hands. None will snatch them out in the name of Jesus. I want you to write today's date on your Bible. Today's date somewhere and indicate this day I ask Jesus into my heart. I have been recruited into the army. I want you to make contact with the chapel 
through the different media you have available to you, we will get materials across to you and help you in your walk in faith. God bless you.